Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. And I'm also joined by Katie Sewell, as hello, as lately we are doing these mini episodes together. Won't it be nice when we don't have to do them together anymore? <laughs> <laughs> when there are things going on in our lives that don't include coronavirus? Right. <laughs> yeah. You're sitting there at your desk working and all of a sudden you think, is my breathing getting shallow? You know, it's definitely like one of those paranoid times. Yeah. Certainly. Does my throat hurt? Yes. Do I have a temperature? Am I warm? We have two thermometers in our house and one of them just happened to break yesterday. Overuse? I guess so. <laughs> now, do you have the old-fashioned glass thermometers? I wish. Or do you use those fancy uh, electric ones? We have a fancy electric one, but I miss the glass ones personally. That's what we use. I think they're more reliable. As a mom, I choose the glass thermometer. <laughs> With the mercury inside? Um, I think they don't, they, don't have act, they don't actually have mercury in them anymore. Mm. They have something that's very bizarre. It looks and moves sort of like mercury, but I don't think it is mercury. We have a digital one that goes in the ear. We'll put it in Aurelio's ear and, you know, it'll beep and we'll take it out and it'll say one thing and then we'll do it again immediately after and it'll say something totally different. And I just like, you know what? I don't trust this thing. Yeah, I hear you. I, I have a memory from childhood of uh, one of those glass ones breaking, the ones with the mercury inside. And I can remember sitting at a table with... And I'm going to tell you this, Mom, because I know you're listening. This was not at our house. This was at a cabin with other kids. But I remember sitting at the table with this broken thermometer, and we were, like, pinging the mercury back and forth across the table. Oh, my gosh. It's in just a ball, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, that explains it, Katie. It explains now a lot. I understand why you're so messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not coronavirus. It's mercury. Just like the Mad Hatters of the old days. So... We're going to do just a brief update since this is a mini episode and probably because, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday and so by Thursday, I don't know what could be as usual. But uh, as of yesterday, we in Washington state are now under a stay at home order like California, like New York, uh, like New Jersey. Yeah, I think Oregon and Michigan are now joining that list as well. Wonderful. But it's not as strict as yours. So I thought you'd be interested to hear. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a much more strict than it was. And I think it came to this final straw. One of my friends was joking that it was all of them over in West Seattle that caused the final crackdown. Because we had a particularly nice weekend this weekend. And there is uh, only one beach, two really, but one main beach in Seattle that's very sandy and kind of like a carnival if you're there called Elkai Beach, and it's in West Seattle. And Elkai Beach was packed people to people, shoulder to shoulder, mm. playing in the sun. And Golden Gardens, which is another beach that's over in Ballard. I saw photos on Twitter of Green Lake as well, totally packed. Oh, yeah, Green Lake. Because everyone figures, you know, if you run by somebody fast enough, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> doesn't work. Nope. So I think that could have been the final straw now we are going to enforce this a little more. But what is allowed is still grocery shopping, of course, and we can still pick up takeout food from restaurants. Okay. Which I 
I don't know if that should be going on, but it can be going on still. Uh, we can go to medical appointments, of course. We can go to pharmacies like you. We can take a walk. We can go running. We can go biking. Now, can you go running or biking anywhere in the city or just near your home? They don't specify. We can go anywhere, I guess, as okay, long well, as that's nice. we're practicing social distancing measures, they say. And they, and they consider it an essential activity for people's mental and physical health, hmm. that they should be able to get out. But you're supposed to keep six feet away from people. And that includes if you're running, that you can't just run by somebody fast enough. You have to yeah. cross the street. And then you can go to gas stations, food banks, convenience stores, laundromats, banks, and then there's all these other businesses that are classified as essential businesses. And that's too big of a list to go into. But a lot of that is like manufacturing, healthcare research. So they're saying that people like that can still move around. Everybody else is supposed to stay put. And I have my form, my official, here I'll hold it up, my official printout. Okay. Saying that I can travel to the public radio station I fill in at. Okay, so, good. So I'm going to be doing that. This weekend. You have that. I'm glad you got that. So now I have this thing in my car with a little with a little barcode on it that they can scan that says I'm legit. Yeah, so that's a lot, actually. If I had to guess, I would say it will get tighter as time goes on. We shall see. We will see. I mean, because in Italy, it's just been like one thing after another after another. Like every two days, there's a new tighter restriction. And I don't remember the last time we talked, if we talked about it. But in Rome, it's just the other day, they closed all non-essential businesses. But... I mean, they're considering very few to be essential. Many, many businesses are now closed, and you can only take walks within two to 300 meters of your home, which is an incredibly small amount of space. If you think about a mile is, what, almost half of a, almost double a kilometer, right? It's not exact, but a kilometer, let's say a kilometer is roughly half a mile, a little more maybe. I'm looking it up. One kilometer is 0.6 miles. One kilometer. So it's a little, exactly what I said, a little more than half of a mile. And then it's only 20 to 30% of that. Mm-hmm. What is that, like a, a tenth of a mile? It's, it's such a small amount of space. It's kind of like you can walk to the end of your block and go back, or you could walk around your building. It's so hard. And, I, and you know that people are not obeying it. I've become a little bit more disillusioned with Italians because I feel like a lot of people are following the rules, but just some people who really aren't. And I'm starting to get a little bit intolerant. Like I went to the supermarket yesterday and I looked down when I was about to turn down an aisle and there were like five or six people, like maybe more, standing so close together. Like they were way closer than a meter apart. They were probably like a foot, a, a two feet apart max, each of them. And they all had their masks on. Of course, half the people in Italy wear their mask around their neck or like around their chin, which really bugs me because I haven't been able to get a mask. Now, to be honest, I haven't looked very hard, but in Italy, like everybody wears them, everybody. When I was at the supermarket, I, I kind of looked around and, and I, I would say about 90% of people have them or more. Um, and they're also wearing latex gloves. We have a box of latex gloves that we bought, I don't know, I don't even remember what for, but we bought them ages ago. So we have them. They're hard to get, but we have the gloves, but we don't have the masks. And I'm just like, if I see one more Italian with their mask around their chin while they're smoking, like, I swear. <laughs> uh, I'm like, what is the point of pulling that thing up and down? It seems like it's worse. Just the other day, Derek sent me a, um, a video, a video compilation 
Hang on, I'll turn it up a little bit. Yeah, I've seen this. So it's a it's a uh, video montage of Italian mayors losing it at people who are not following the rules. Yeah. Can you uh, translate any of this? Let me just play one for you, and you can translate. Okay. Tomorrow, I'm gonna get you. Tomorrow. Don't think it's gonna take years. Tomorrow. Yeah, I've I've watched that. It's uh, it's funny. <laughs> Some of them are very explicit and use very explicit language. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. So obviously, yes, tensions are high. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. With only begin, being able to walk to the end of the block and back, do you feel at this moment, three weeks in your quarantine, that you will move as soon as this is over? You'll never want to see this block again. You'll never want to see this apartment again. No, no, because um, I'm not just renting. I own my home, so it's not so easy to move. But luckily, I can walk to the supermarket, which is also close, but I would say it's more like maybe max a kilometer away. It might be 800 meters away. So it's it's a bit of more of a walk. You know, if I go there and back, I can also walk to the pharmacy, which is in a similar distance. I don't want to take advantage of that. Because there's a reason we're supposed to be doing what we're doing. And so it's not like I'm going to the pharmacy every day to get like a different thing or going to the supermarket every day. Also because the lines are can be bad. So I don't want to. And also I don't want to put myself at risk, of course. As you do every time you go to the supermarket, you're putting yourself at risk. So we try to go once a week maximum. So I do feel like I can get a little bit longer walk-in every once in a while. But yeah, it's pretty stifling. How are you feeling about all of this? You feel you feel pretty okay about it? I mean, you've been living... You've been pretty good about self-isolating. Yeah. And so maybe this won't be a huge change for you. Yeah, I mean, like, I, because I talk to you all the time, I've been scared for weeks. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, it, like, anybody, it just depends on the day. Like, some days I wake up and I'm like, okay, I can do this. And some days I think about how long this could be, and I think, oh, my gosh. This is the new normal. You know, it just depends. I know. I can be grim. I'm glad that he cracked down more because, I don't know, I think you just go searching for anything and you're like, ah, oh, I just want this to end. What the heck is it going to take to end? If, it, if it's not going to just end by itself, which of course it's not, then crack down harder so we can do it less. I mean, the truth is these kinds of things do end by themselves sometimes. But the point is, at what cost? If we just let it play out, the medical system in the United States will be so overwhelmed that the deaths will just be like astronomic. So it will just end. But the, the point is, make the contagion as slow as possible. So even if the same number of people get sick, it's over a much longer period of time so that the doctors can, can cure more people. Because when there are too many people sick, and I don't just mean that have the virus, but that it's gotten really bad because it takes a couple of weeks from when you first have it to like when, if you're going to get really sick with it, when, you know, you start to really need hospitalization and stuff. It takes like a couple of weeks. You know, we've seen in Italy that the, the mortality rate a couple of weeks ago, it was like around three or 4%. But right now it's like at 9%, eight or 9%. Not because they've gotten worse at curing people, but because there's too many people sick at the same time. So they, they can't, they don't have the, the resources. So 
So that's the deal. And it bugs me when certain people, <laughs> particularly in politics, say, or on Twitter or whatever, say things like, well, you know, we're, these, everybody's going to get it eventually. So why are we just keep everything open? Because, you know, because otherwise more people are going to die, like exponentially more people. So anyway, I don't want to get into that. But um, being on the quote unquote front lines of it over here, you really see what happens when people get to that point. Because I feel like there's probably a lot of people sick in the United States, maybe more than in Italy. They're still two weeks behind in a sense of where their illness is, you know? And so I think that that's why you see much fewer deaths in the United States right now than we have in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to say that it sounds, and I know some people get it mildly, but man, it sounds like a horrible illness. And so even just for me personally, you know, this, that cavalier, like, well, if I get it, it's not going to kill me. You never know. You never know. I know. You never know, one. But also, ugh, it sounds awful. Like, really, you want to live through that? I would prefer not to live through it if at all possible. Yeah, actually, and I've heard, and again, this is just something I've read, so don't quote me on it, but I've heard that a percentage, a large percentage of people who will recover from it will have um, permanent lung damage. Yeah. Maybe mild, but, you know, still, you don't want that. No. And so on that happy note, yay! <laughs> I thought we could read an email from a listener who's in a different spot, a uh, different place, another location in Italy. And since Tiffany has the more melodious voice, we're going to have her read it. All right. So this is from an anonymous listener. She says, Your podcast was an inspiration and balm to me when my dream of living in Italy seemed so far out of reach just a few years ago. Fast forward to 2019 and my journey started along with my little dog, Roberto. We traveled to Lucca in Tuscany, a beautiful town I had never visited before but chose by serendipity. Rented an apartment for three months to live a local life, learn some language skills, and meet new people. Not having a long-term visa, we did the three months in, three months out, and finally landed back in Lucca in September 2019. That month changed my life in many ways. Determined to get my long-term visa, I headed back home to Melbourne leaving Roberto with good friends. On my third attempt, I got that magic visa stamp in my passport. So fast forward to February 2020. Landing in Florence via Zurich and Singapore, where there was no hint of the chaos to come, we made our way back home to Luca. Exciting times ahead, getting to know a lovely man I met here last September, traveling together, catching up with old friends and new. We had two weeks of freedom, then boom, the reality of coronavirus hit hard and we all realized this was not just the flu. The old and vulnerable were dying. Cities large and small were getting locked down until finally we were put into lockdown with restricted access to our normal daily lives. I'm sure the word for 2020 will be social distancing. This has become our new normal. A time for quiet contemplation, joy in seeing blue skies overhead, less pollution, and miracle of miracles, clear water in the canals of Venice, and dolphins, God bless the dolphins. We have access to great fresh produce, fantastic wine, and clean fresh air. A friend has started up a virtual aperitivo FaceTime group, and there is always Netflix. I have time to study and improve my Italian and cook and bake as I feel like. I could think of worse places to be when confined to home. I am one of the lucky ones as I have access to a sunny terrazza. And the weather improves daily. I hope and ask that all people of Italy will come back from this stronger than ever, and we all appreciate the gifts Mother Nature has left in the wake of this horrific virus. Andra tutto bene. 
So that's a much more positive note than we were striking a minute ago. Right, which is why we're going to leave it there. But not without saying that very soon, in the next week or two, we are going to be doing a show that we're thinking of as a day in the life, where we're going to give snapshots of what people are doing in a day. Now, it doesn't have to be like what everyone's doing in the same day, which is why we're asking you, if you're listening, to send us a voice memo, record yourself, tell us just about a moment of what's going on in your life, what your name is, where you're from, something you're doing. It can be short and sweet. It doesn't have to be a big production, just a check-in. And what time of day as well. What time of day. And then just... Record yourself, email it to us at bittersweetlifeatmail.com. And to give you an example, I'm going to play one that we've already received. Okay. Ciao, Katie and Tiffany. It's Lynn, your friend from San Francisco. It's day five of San Francisco's shelter-in-place order. And technically, I'm working from home. But I've also established a little personal schedule so I don't go cuckoo bananas and right now it's 10.30 in the morning and I am studying my Italian. Ho avuto i programmi di andare in Italia ad aprile per studiare l'italiano a Bologna, ma adesso certo non posso, ma continuo a studiare. I am determined to look at the positive and have some personal growth come out of this, so... Ai italiani mi scusi per il mio brutto italiano. Avete una bella lingua. Non così. Non ancora. Thank you, Katie and Tiffany, for keeping this podcast going. It's nice to hear your voices at this time, even though Katie abandoned me in San Francisco. Um, I'm heartbroken over what's happening in Italy, although it seems we're not far behind. So the world is with you, Italy. Take good care of yourselves, guys. I miss you, Katie. Thank you again. Grazie ancora. Ciao. So record yourself. Tell us where you are and what you're doing, and we'll put those all together in a show. It'll be fun. We'll all sort of virtually come together on The Bittersweet Life. And Tiffany and I will give you a snapshot of, like, an entire day in our lives as well. Hopefully I'll have to come up with something interesting to do that day. Maybe I'll be much more interesting than normal. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. 9 a.m. I made tea. 10 a.m. I made tea. Katie drinks tea all day, just so you know. How many pots of tea do you drink in one day? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Three or four? Wow. Probably. (laughs) That's a lot of tea. I do one caffeinated one in the morning. Sometimes I refill that one again, so it's a little less caffeinated, you know, the old tea bag. And then I switch to non-caffeinated tea in the afternoon. Okay. But this is not why I drink that much tea, which is why I'm now patting myself on the back, that a medical professional said that it was a good idea to drink something hot during coronavirus every hour. Every hour? Mm-hmm. Wow, great excuse to have some tea. So mm-hmm. go make yourself a pot. The rest <laughs> of you... Get out your voice memo, record yourself telling us something that you're doing. Sound effects welcome. And send it to us at bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's M-A-I-L dot com. You can also have your kids send in something. That would be fun, too. That would be fun. So I guess we'll leave it there. And until next time on Monday, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. 
Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review. And please tell all your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife@mail.com, Or you can just find us at the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or on all the social medias, just search for The Bittersweet Life. <laughs>